In rural Star County, Texas, COVID infections have been on the rise for weeks and are spreading out of control. The situation right now is the worst that we could ever imagine. We are in our worst case scenario, and we have been like that for the last three or four weeks and growing exponentially. That's Dr. Jose Vasquez, the county's health official. He says Star County's only hospital is at its breaking point. Last week, Jose announced that the hospital had been forced to make a dramatic decision. The latest is here in Star County, which is down in South Texas. Uh, this has been the hot spot. Doctors are going to have to decide. Which COVID-19 patients the hospital can treat and those who they send home. The hospital was now reviewing new patients before admitting them. And some of the most critically ill could be sent back home to die. They are going to be better taken care within their own family, in the love of their own home. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Tuesday, July 28th. Coming up on the show, how the situation in one rural Texas county got so dire, and a local official's appeal for help. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. Jose Vasquez has been the county health authority for the last six years. It's something he does in addition to running his own medical practice and leading the board of the hospital. And until the pandemic started, it was largely an advisory role. That's partly because of how small and sparsely populated Star County is. Our county is a small rural county in South Texas on the border with Mexico. We are about 70,000 people here. We are one of the poorest counties in the state, definitely, and in the country. This is a farmer's community. Everybody knows each other. It is a very family-oriented community. For more than two months, this poor rural county fared pretty well through the pandemic. Texas had been under lockdown, schools were closed, and COVID cases were low. A month ago, we didn't have any COVID patient in our hospital. For a period of about two and a half months, Star County was the county in South Texas with the lower number of cases for population. We went through a period of 21 days without any COVID cases from April to beginning of May. And then after reopening, number of cases started increasing. Do you know why cases started going up in Star County? I believe that it was a confluence of factors. Once the state reopened, people felt confident and people thought, that, well, I mean, the state is reopening, so we have some leniency about what do we do or don't, and people lost the fear for this disease. So we did see a lot of people getting together, especially within families, 
parties, weddings, uh, anniversaries, where people were getting 100, 200 people, weddings up to 500 people all together. And soon after, we started seeing an increase in the number of cases. We started having family groups up to 20 people in the same family becoming positive. Then it started spreading really fast. From these family outbreaks, COVID jumped to the county's two nursing homes. People that worked at the nursing homes that were asymptomatic, that got infected and brought the disease inside the walls of the nursing home. And from there, from the moment that we identified the first case in a nursing home, everybody was tested in that place, including residents and staff. In a matter of 24 hours, we had 74 positive cases coming out of that nursing home. Wow. So that was devastating. Devastating you from one day to the other, from one to 74. Discovering 74 cases in just 24 hours was especially hard for Star County because, remember, the whole county has just one hospital, the Star County Memorial Hospital. In normal times, the hospital has just 12 doctors. It doesn't have specialists or an intensive care unit. And initially, the hospital only had eight beds for COVID patients. But those filled up quickly, and the hospital had to make more available. We went from eight beds to 17 beds. A couple of days later, we went up to 29 beds. It got to a point that we couldn't increase anymore. Every possible bed we have in our hospital, emergency room was full in all the beds, and even people waiting outside in the lobbies, or in these cases, even in the ambulances. And we have had people waiting in ambulances up to 10 hours inside the ambulance unit, waiting to have a room in order to be brought inside the hospital. Coronavirus wasn't just flooding the hospital with cases. It was also infecting the hospital's staff. Our staff is being overrun. We have 20 to 30 percent of our staff sick and in quarantine. Wow, that's that's a lot of people not to have working during an outbreak. It's really difficult. That's the, that's the whole thing. But when you are seeing patients and patients and patients that are coming through your ER, 50% of all the people that are coming through our ER over the last month have turned to be COVID positive in Star County. So, I mean, our nurses, they have been falling ill themselves or family members have been falling ill and then they get infected as well. So the fact is that we have a very significant number of our own employees that are out in quarantine. Not only were beds full and the hospital short-staffed, but many patients needed the kind of care that the Star County Hospital wasn't able to provide. Usually, if a patient needs serious medical attention, like surgery or intensive care, they'd be taken by helicopter to Hidalgo County, the next county over. Hidalgo County has about a dozen hospitals, and it's normally able to take patients from Star County. But now, Hidalgo County was dealing with its own surge in COVID patients. It didn't have room to take more patients from Star County. So that has created a very, very complex situation here where patients are coming on a daily basis very sick, and we have been trying to transfer patients out of Star County very often unsuccessfully, and those that we have been able to transfer, they have had to be transferred miles and miles away from our communities as far as San Antonio, Dallas, 
Lobok, Amarillo, I'm talking about 500, 800 miles away. Those are people that are being transferred by helicopter. For a good two or three weeks period, we have two or three helicopters, sometimes four and five helicopters coming up to pick up patients. That sounds like a scene out of a, a MASH unit in war. It's an awful situation. But what happened to those patients after getting transferred was also troubling. We were hearing those, those cases that we were putting in helicopter and sending them away were just simply not making it. Not making it. I mean, mortality, it was uh, absolute. It was 100% mortality. 100% mortality. Jose says every patient that was airlifted out of Star County died. And this created its own set of difficult circumstances for grieving family members. They had to figure out how to get the bodies of their loved ones home, many of them hundreds of miles away. The fact that we were transferring them out of our county and out of the valley was just causing an enormous problem for those family members because all of those patients eventually were dying. And an enormous problem for them because then they had to bring back their beloved one from far away with all of the pain, suffering, and economical consequences that that was involving for those families. Jose knew this situation was unsustainable. And so he turned to the state and the federal government for help. What happened? That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by KPMG. The people at KPMG make the difference for their clients. Talented teams leveraging the right technology to uncover insights that illuminate opportunity. KPMG teams together with their clients working shoulder to shoulder to help grow and transform their enterprise. Are you ready to make the difference together? Go to visit.kpmg.us backslash transformation to learn more. With COVID cases exploding, Jose and other Star County officials had been asking for help from the state and the federal government. First, the Texas governor sent a team of 34 healthcare workers, which is what had allowed the Star County Hospital to expand its COVID unit to 29 beds. And last week, Jose found out that the federal government was also coming to their aid. The Navy sent us two teams formed by one doctor, an intensive care doctor, five RNs, and one respiratory therapist. So, Star County was getting more medical workers from the Navy. But Jose says the Navy also had a message for Star County. It couldn't count on more help from the federal government. It would need to make do with what it had. We were told that we need to make sure that we were using these resources in the best possible way. 
that we could. We understood that this is a situation that could last longer than anybody wished to have and that the resources we were getting at that point were not going to last forever and that we were sometimes using resources where there were no chances of survival and that that was a situation that was going to be difficult to sustain. We took that very seriously. And Jose said in Star County, doctors were already facing tough choices about who could get access to treatment. You understand your realities. I mean, sometimes we've been calling for the helicopters. We have three, four, five patients to be transferred, and there are just two helicopters. And you know that if you don't have the five helicopters, two of them may not make it in the next couple of hours. So how do you do in those situations? Jose realized the county needed a better way to decide how to allocate its limited resources. So after talking to the hospital and other county officials, they came up with the idea of a group that was tasked with making those decisions. Hospitals have had forever ethic committees that deal with difficult situations that involve moral or ethics decisions. But in our hospital in Star County, once again, because we are in a smaller community, we never had the need to have the ethics committee. So now, with the severity of the situation we had here over the last one month or so, we thought that it was the right thing to do to reinstate that ethics committee. So we had proposed to involve social workers, religious leaders, the primary care physician of the patient, the social workers, hospital administration, nursing staff, in the discussions about how we can better treat that patient, and not just under the medical aspect of it, but as a whole, and sometimes to offer alternatives about compassionate care, about what is called end-of-life decisions, about comfort care. The group they set up talks with patients and families about their options, including choosing not to receive care and instead to go home and spend their final days with their family. Jose says this is sometimes the best option given the limits everyone is under. If you had more resources, would families not have to make these kinds of choices? Definitely, ma'am. Definitely. I mean, for me, the 100-year-old person life is as important as the five years old life. I will fight for every patient with everything at hand. So if I was in a community where there is a couple of big hospitals where we have intensive care services, pulmonologists, infectious disease, surgical services, by all means, we will use to the last drop of uh, IV fluid to save anybody's life. But when you have your hands tied up in your back and the regular mechanism that you have in order to help those critical patients is being taken away from you, in this case, the possibility of transferring within the valley, it puts you in a very, very dire situation. Jose announced the formation of the Ethics Committee last Tuesday. On Friday, the county made another big move. It issued a new shelter-in-place order. 
Why did you and other county officials decide this move was necessary? Because we can't afford to keep bringing patients the way that we are doing it to our emergency rooms. So we need to do something. So unless people start realizing that this is so serious, that life or death matters are at the stake here, we believe that they will not do what is necessary. If there was one message you had that you wanted our listeners to hear, what is it? For people to stay home. That's number one. And number two, from the state government to please keep helping us. I know that they have done a tremendous job, but I need more. We need more help. It's just sad because the system is being overrun. A lot of people are dying basically because there is no way to keep up with this. That's all for today, Tuesday, July 28th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.